hair is hair, it all has a resolution. That's TVs. TVs have resolution. <laughs> <laughs> hair don't have no resolution. What are you saying? <laughs> oh. You're listening to the TSFP, the Strange Fruit Podcast, where we discuss topics that deal with black lives on a day-to-day basis. You know the things that you want to say, but you dare not to say? Well, that's what we're here for. Let's get into it. What's up, good people? Welcome to TSFP, the Strange Fruit Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Nikki Brooks, along with my co-host, Adrian Neely, Bishop Green. All right, and we're going to get into it tonight. This is our one-year anniversary podcast. (laughs) You know, it's amazing because we actually just kind of started this literally kind of for as a form of therapy last year you know during so much was going on with George Floyd uh during the pandemic and just um you know we almost started this almost like just a hey let's just talk because things are crazy and um and you know I think we shocked ourselves keeping it up committing man We've had some great conversations over this last year, and we're about to get into a really good one tonight. Nick, what we about to get into tonight? Look, we about to talk about Bonnet Con. Oh, Oh, my God. Man, have y'all been following Bonnet Con? <sighs> yes, I have just because I was surprised. Uh, I was surprised that that it, I was surprised that Monique jumped into it like she did. Like I I don't know. Like I don't know what I was expecting from her. Um, but I just was I was surprised that she kind of you know she kind of popped it that way. Uh-huh. Yeah, so you know Monique came out. Monique, you know she's always like my babies and all that stuff. So she um got on social media in a very loving manner, very nice. Man are basically told black women, you know, ladies, I went traveling and I saw so many of my babies out in the airport with these bonnets and these slippers and these PJs. And I just want y'all to know, you know, you're supposed to be a queen in training. And ladies, if you see another, you know, the bonnet takes away from your beauty, you need to be looking your best when you go out. And ladies, if you see another sister with a bonnet on, tap her on the shoulder. And you know, let her, you know. Basically, tap on the shoulders that you can do better. I love it in a high level nutshell. Yeah. And uh, immediately, her ass was torn. Uh, um, because, and I, and I think we need to, you know, and it's, it's split, it almost split down the middle. Now, before Monique, about 
a week and a half to two weeks ago, Plies uh, posted a picture that went viral of women in the airport with bonnets on. They had on like Vegas and they were traveling in baggage plane and they had bonnets on. And he posted a picture that was basically like, y'all out here ratchet hoods, whatever. I'm gonna go with the caption was. And it kind of went viral and people participated in what I believe America's favorite pastime is, which is dogging and talking about black women. Um, and so they did that publicly. I mean, then Monique came in and said what she said. And again, it kind of split down the middle. It almost turned into an older generation versus younger generation thing where some people were like, oh, thank you, Monique. As an elder, you spoke the truth in love. She just cares about us. And black people, we need to have pride. And black women, a bonnet shouldn't be worn out of the house. And you need to have self-respect. I wasn't raised like that. Then you had other women like that's basically like that little Daryl me. Leave me alone. <laughs> like, like, you know, leave us alone. Don't worry about my bonnet. Don't worry about why I got it on. I could wear my body when I want to. He had some people somewhere kind of in the middle that's kind of like, yeah, people like, I really wear no bonnet or whatever, you know, but I'm saying like you can do it. You know, so it's just like kind of split right down the middle. And then it, became, it started trending and basically became a quiet national conversation about black culture and whether or not, uh, you know, the, it, it just it just turned into something that went into respectability, <laughs> that went into everything else. The, the, the plethora of people who literally are like, you know, People that wear bonnets, your ratchet, your hood, your ghetto. This is unacceptable behavior. Pair that with slippers, and now you are the bane of existence, and you should be ashamed. And someone needs to tell you about yourself. And so, uh, and then and, along and, there, and how to do your hair. Yeah, and then yeah, exactly. And then you know, when you come out of the house, you should never go anywhere with your hair undone, and you're just lazy comb your hair. I mean, there, there's lots of lots that has come out with the bonnets. And then, you know, um, someone posted something that said, you know what? We ought to just have a bonnet con where women show up with bonnets on their head for no reason. We all gather in one place. Someone made the group bonnet con. It started going viral. Um, people started joining it. And herein lies the debate. And the debate has continued at this point. We're coming up on about a week because it has evolved, it's grown legs, other people have chimed in, other celebrities have chimed in. And um, and at this point, it's just a very, very layered conversation. <laughs> and, 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 and Nikki, you, you, you were so dead wrong for putting James Evans up there with that split wig. On your it page. was so appropriate though. They, yeah, James <laughs> was looking like Sideshow Bob. That was cool. because people act like our hair don't really look like that. Damn, you know, tell y'all let me walk. It was funny. I mean, but man, y'all wrong. I mean, y'all had James Evans head split wide open, man. Yeah, <laughs> he, he had wings, dog. <laughs> y'all was so like, wrong. You know, y'all also wrong for that Luther Bandross with a bonnet on his head. Bonnet. That's See, this I is why I'm gonna go on and say it. 
we shouldn't have no Photoshop, man. Because look, look what we're doing to Dan Luke. And then I think part of the issue Monique got on her first live, she did two different videos. The first one she had on no bra or robe. That's what she was telling my babies tap somebody. And uh, people were like, um, dude, the, the hypocrisy of you talking about appearance and you are, look at how you're appearing on your broadcast, right? Uh, on your, I did your, find uh, that ironic. Okay. I found that part yeah. ironic. Like, I was like, but Monique. Okay, but she wasn't at no airport. But no, she broadcast to more people but, than somebody so, will see in an airport. Exactly. Monique is a, Monique a is a million... Followers. Monique, Monique is a million follower person. Like yeah. I was, I was looking at that. I was like, Monique is in a robe, sitting, I guess, in her bedroom, with them Grand Tetons not being held up, and, and oh. she's telling the whole, she's telling, <laughs> telling other people how they need to appear. And I'm like, but, but Monique, you're not exactly in all your, you know, feminine glory, right glory at this moment, like. And you will definitely reach more people than you know somebody rushing to a plane and. If we're all being honest, everybody goes to the airport. I mean, I mean, if you you have time, you might dress a certain way, but most of the time, you know, you're gonna be on a long flight. Who doesn't pop up to the airport and like some comfortable some joggers? Yeah. Or, okay. You know, a hoodie. Okay. I, I, or, I'm or a t-shirt. Okay. Look, look, we've all done this. And, and nobody's perfect, and, and yeah, look, I'm kind of like Nikki said. I'm I'm kind of down the middle on this. I'm old fashioned, and I know it. But I don't want to be toxic either. So, you know, I kind of hold back from some of my, you know, old school ways because sometimes they're not always the right way. Okay. They just learned behaviors. Sometimes, you know, the old school way really wasn't the right way. We just now finding out how to do your, how to, you know, open up cans and, and all this kind of stuff because we've been doing it the wrong way. And all of a sudden now we finding out. Oh, that's what this part on this can was for, and and, and or this can uh, uh can opener was for. You know, we just now finding out new things to this to this day. You know, so I don't want to be that person. But at the end of the day, y'all, I am kind of one of these dudes. I ain't I ain't trying to see nobody, man or female, nobody in their PJs, slippers, and a nightcap on. I don't care if it's a scully, a bonnet. I don't care what it is. I just ain't trying anybody to anybody or black people. I said yeah, I any. Think. I said any anybody. Meaning, what it means to me is, it's like, damn, you just rolled right out of bed, huh? Like literally. I but mean, we all have a little bit. I think we all do to how we grew up and whatever. We might have a little bit of that old fashionedness, but I'm noticing that I guess as as much as the years go on, I'm I'm I guess I'm taking um, inventory of what I really consider all that important. And and especially in the grand scheme of things, um, I spent, I will say at least, especially if you're looking at somebody young, and I try to look at it from that perspective, because even when I'm criticizing the music, which a lot of it is trash, but there's some, you know, I like a lot of it too. Like, it, so it's like two things can be true. A lot of new music can be trash and a lot of it can be good. Um, like I look at that. I look at everything from that perspective. So I, I, I'm kind of like, I think about how most of us, especially if you see somebody that's 22, uh, 18, between the ages of 18 and 22, you think about how most of us went to class when we were at uh, the school, which we won't, I guess we won't mention our podcast because then maybe people will be like calling that school. But 
Um, <laughs> like, like I remember, you know, I spent a good at least 50% of the time I was in some hoop shorts and a t-shirt. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, because you just jump up and you throw it on and you go to class. And that didn't, it didn't hinder my my learning. It, you know, it didn't hinder or help because it just depended on, you know, what I had done the night before about how much I got out of that, out of that day's lesson. You know, um, and what I did or didn't imbibe, you know, <laughs> whatever. It's, it's yeah. like, what libation what? I indulged in and whatever. Angel was a hoe. Angel was a hoe. Just I wasn't a hoe. I, I, I had a good time. Hoe, you know. I, no, no, we never seen no songs. We never seen no songs. I, had, I enjoyed college. I had a good time. And I, I, I graduated. Like, that's... that's, that's, that's uh, so, I made it. <laughs> right? It's just like, hey, I did what I needed to do. But it's like, so at any point in time, we all went to school. We all went to a class kind of, you know, maybe in some, some Nike slides or something. You know, we okay. went, you know. Okay, let me, some... Nick, let me ask Nikki. Let me ask Nikki this. Look, see, I don't even have a problem with that, agent. The girls went, you know, uh, trash in the class, just like we went trash in the class. I mean, yeah. I ain't have a problem with that. What I'm saying is, here's what I'm saying. If if you are going out in public, I ain't talking about just like going to class. I'm talking about like you, you get ready to travel somewhere. I understand leisure. I understand you ain't really trying to impress nobody, even though a lot of times, boy, folks do be up there dressed to impress. But I ain't, I ain't even getting into that. That's, they, that's what they want to do. That's fine. That's, that's on them. I'm just saying, I should not see, to me, I shouldn't see what you what you wore, you know, going to bed, stank your ass all up in, and then you got up, might have brushed your damn teeth, and then you just got on a damn plane with, with exactly what you but just how does it hurt you, Bishop? You know how it hurts me? Because COVID, damn it. It can be COVID on them hot damn clothes. I don't know. I mean, you can germs on them hot damn clothes. I'm just saying, in all honesty, yeah, you don't know if germs are something that looks pressed versus something that looks dirty. Exactly. How does someone? Let's just talk about sagging. How? Oh no, no, no! We're not, we're not going there yet, uh, Nikki. How does someone? Let's, let's go into all. Okay, let's, we, let's we don't even have to talk about sagging. Let's just. We're not, that we're not going to hit my point yet. Let's answer that question. How? Does it harm you when you see someone dressed crazy in Walmart? How does it hurt you? Oh Lord, Nikki, I got so many Walmart stores. I could tell you because but the I work. The question is, I, how does it hurt? I, you? I work around in that environment a lot. How does it hurt you? It hurts my eyes, Nikki. It hurts what, my eyes. What, and 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 what can you? Does it? Are you forced to look at it? I mean, I'm forced to drink when I get home. Now I know I'm joking around a little bit, but hey, on the on the real, I understand what you're saying. It doesn't hurt me physically, spiritually, none of that. But let me tell you so what it does. If do. it doesn't hurt you physically or spiritually, why do you need? To let have other me tell you why. Because I don't need. I don't need to hear. I, uh, excuse me. I don't need to see nobody's ass just hanging out. I mean, just showing your bad ass to me. Have you been that's, to Hooters? 
that's a that's offensive. That's Have you offensive. been to Hooters? Hold on, hold on, Nikki. We've been to Twin Peaks because there's plenty of ass hanging out there. You, you know what? If if I signed you only, up, if I signed up to look for some ass, then that's that that's a whole different ball game. I shouldn't have to go see no ass unwarranted. Okay, so you that's don't what like surprise ass. I want to go. No, no, you don't like. So that's ass. You don't like unscheduled ass. My question is, what about see no dudes ass? Okay, in my face. What about bonnets? I don't want to see no one ashy ass in my face. Let's, let's go back to sagging. We ain't done with sagging. My thing is with sagging, that's a whole different ball game, man. That's just straight up. Look, man, you can't put on a belt. I mean, dog, a belt was made to keep the pants up. Okay? That that that's all. Do we really want to dress but... code in America? You guys get an opportunity. Visit. There's a, a Instagram page called Razor Chick of Atlanta. She is a celebrity. Well, she's a, a stylist, not celebrity stylist, but a stylist who is like gained tons of followers out of Atlanta. But she specializes in um, women who are balding, who have alopecia. Women from all over the the America. Black women come to. Uh, sit in her chair and she'll style their hair in ways and cut it in ways that covers up the baldness and I think that a lot of people talk about black women and our hair and they don't understand that we're dealing with the same things that other people are dealing with we have alopecia we have male pattern baldness we have all of these things and then people talk about us about it we have a high blood pressure medication that makes your hair fall out we have PCOS that makes you grow a beard and lose hair at the same damn time. We have all these things that, that you know, um, that we deal with and that we also have to cover up because we got to go to work. So people don't really be understanding the state. A lot of times they don't really understand the state of a black woman's hair. They really don't. And and we, are, we already, if you ain't got that much hair and can't grow no hair, you nappy headed. Uh, uh, you bald headed. Uh, you ain't got no edges. You ain't got. You know, it's all these stigmas around hair, and you put all this pressure on women, but then you want them to live free. I mean, you 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 can't you can't you can't have it. You know, you can't have it both ways. I'm not going to go on a tangent, but you know that's why my heart went out to Gorilla Glue Girl because I'm like. Y'all want black women to leave out the house with their hair laid all the time or they're going to get roasted. And and then and then you want them to have, but you also want them to have enough pride to not, like, to, to make that make sense. You can't put all that on us. You can't uh-huh. put it all on us and then expect us not to break. That It just doesn't happen like that. But if you look at Racing Chick of Atlanta's page, her page, and then, of course, start following the hashtags from that you will see the reality of about 30 40 percent of black women are dealing with and you you can say james evans is funny but that ain't far-fetched because i see that in the beauty shop every week and i i've said it before i, I joke about it but i joke about it I'm sorry. We try to be serious. <laughs> Listen, y'all. I'm telling y'all. This is going to be, this gonna be like funny, too. Now. 
I mean, <laughs> come on, in man. my phone right now to this day. You phone. taking pictures of people, Nikki, in the Listen, in my own hair. Bishop Adrian on my own hair. I kid you not. I have pictures right now to this day in my phone. I got my hair looking like Chris the Crab. I got the bridge. Send me that. Don King. Send me that. I got him. <laughs> I don't trust you, dog. No, nah, it'll be in a meme. No, nah, it'll be in a meme. Yeah. I got Don King on this camp. I when I, and when I tell you, I remember the day I was like, uh, that I got this rich picture. I had taken my hair out. It was short, and I had a short, relaxed cut, but it had grew out. I had been traveling, and it had grew out real bad. And I was gonna have to travel again. And I was begging my beautician to come in on a Monday. And I was like, girl, you don't understand. I got the Grinch here. And I, I you know, I've already washed it and stuff. I got the Grinch. I need my hair done. And she's like, you ain't got the Grinch. I sent her that picture. She fell out. To this day, she's still talking about that picture. My hair was the Grinch. I'm telling you, oh I can't to throw a wig on it, but this going to be struggle for the next two. I need somebody to get in this head right now. Like, Okay. All right. Listen, listen. I don't have a problem with people wearing bonnets. That ain't where my issue is. I don't have a problem with that. I I ain't got a problem with that. Okay. Let's get all this out the way. All I'm saying is, is, it's a big difference of what you grow from your scalp that's being, uh, um, you know, ran by government is, 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 or local powers that be, um, you know, it's a difference on that and you putting on a baseball cap or you putting on a scully and going to work with this scully cap on. Okay, you're not gonna walk in that office with that scully cap on uh, at a call center or, or at your job unless, you know, that's the, that's the style there. Uh, they're going to say something. Every employer is going to have a, a, a dress code, so to speak. But if it's naturally grown from your head, you know, that's a little different for me. Uh, now, of course, I have locks and I'm biased by this. That's naturally grown. I can't take this uh, off, you know, like I, like I can with a cat. So that's, you know, I just want to point that out. That, that's the little difference to me where mm-hmm. where we start to draw that but again wear what you want to wear i don't i don't have a problem with you wearing it i just want to make sure that people understand that you know there's going to be some things that come along with it you know this woman shared this in the uh, bonnet con group today right. we'll share it probably she said this is the day I cried at work. It was my first day on the job. I took a job as a line cook at a large chain restaurant. I have singles in my hair right now. I tied it up into a goddess ball. So when my boss told me to put on a ball cap, I told him it wouldn't fit. And my hair is already secure. And not just today. I don't wear ball caps because, because my hair is always in the way. It's secure. Can I just wear a hairnet or a bonnet, I asked. He laughed, which embarrassed me. He proceeded to tell me the cap was company policy. I asked to speak to the GM. You know, the G he had to call corporate. The GM had to call corporate to give me permission to wear a hairnet. I got permission, but who wants to do all that? I don't like this job. 
Why is it being around black women so new or foreign to these employers? I cry because I wanted to quit instantly, but I know I have goals and being who and what I am was about to be a problem there. It tried to break my heart for real. Now I feel her. Mm. I feel her because let me tell you something. One of the reasons I have to travel in bonnets and I tell people this and people always tell me, I got 4C hair, boo, you don't have that, can't you, don't you? No, you don't. Because if you did, if you you don't have the kind of hair that you know, you know, people really, really will, you know, talk about and not let you live with because there are certain things your hair can't do. You know, one guy was like, he said, "All you gotta do is just wet your hair, and put grease on it." Do you know that there's no such thing as wetting my hair? Do you know that you, I just, you know, people be on YouTube, like, take a grease bottle. He told you put grease on your head, didn't he? Yeah, he told me put grease on in the wedding. You know, my hair has to be saturated (laughs) for it to get water beads up and rolls off. Because the porosity of my hair. Mm -hmm. The water will bead up and roll off. So it takes, in order for your hair to be wet, it had to be managed. It has to get saturated, which means that that takes time. You're not, you know, you're not going to go nowhere when you got to saturate your hair, you know? Mm. So I, it, it's nothing takes 15 minutes, not in its natural state. That That's, that's one of the reasons that a lot of black women keep weaves and braids and things in their hair. That's one of the reasons a lot of black women go adopt locks because mm-hmm. they get tired of that struggle. Yep. yep. You know? And so, uh, you know, again, I just think that there's so much misunderstanding around hair. And right now, what's going on with the Crown Act is so, so, so critical and important because yeah. it's not been passed across every state yet. No. Isn't California um, one right now? Um, Let's see. I, I think that's correct. Let me double check. Crown Act. Well, why why are you looking at that, Adrian? Adrian, you said something that was that was on point, uh, and I agree with this. And I was going to say this as well. Nikki was dead right on um, how we police ourselves, and and why do we put more on ourselves than you know other races? Um, they can look a hot mess, and nobody blink a, a damn eye, and that is the truth. I don't. If you just look at it from a from an outside standpoint, just, I mean, you can go up in the Walmart and you know, white people don't look at each other like that. You know, like they'll look at that person and be like, man, that's a hot ass mess and going about their business. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, with black people, I don't know why it is, but we, we have to fight it from time to time. If you're conscious of it, where you look at another black person and you can see maybe they just struggling or, or something, something's not right. Something's out of place, you know, and, and, but and you're like, man, oh, God, please don't let this person just start acting out because everybody going to start looking at me. And I know we have all from time to time That's had it. that thought. Yeah, man. And, and, you know, but you have to you have to unlearn that behavior. I know I did. Now, don't get me wrong. When me I see, Yeah. I, I told my dad today we were having a talk, by the way. Shout out to Pops. Today's his 75th birthday. Happy birthday, Pop. Happy birthday, Pop. <laughs> I mean, uh, but uh, I, we had this talk, and, and I said, Dad, there's behaviors I, I've had to learn to unlearn. He apologized to me for teaching me only the Christian way 
And he said, but I, 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 sometimes I wonder if I made you and your, your sister soft, you know, uh, and not able to, to stand on your own on certain things. And I said, no, you, you showed us love. You told us how we should behave. And I say, and God has taught us how to protect ourselves, you know, how to be a, how to be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. Uh, people forget the wise part and, and, and you have to be wise. God gives you a brain and, uh, you have to use it. Now, whether you believe or not as a listener, that's fine. I'm not trying to project that on you. This is my faith. Uh, so, uh, that's, that's where I'm at, at with that. We do have to be more cautious on how we're policing ourselves and how hard we come down on each other. Um, I, I think that we, we, we need to be more understanding and ask more questions. And like Nikki say, some of this shit just ain't none of your business, honestly. So, you know, and, and, and the older I get, I think I'm getting better on that. Now I have not gotten to that point when it comes to seeing ashy asses uh in my face. <laughs> so, you know, I've been kicked out of a strip club because of ashy asses. So <laughs> it it ain't just that's a whole nother story so you're and consistent I ain't gonna is what you're saying. Oh, I'm very consistent. Uh I threw I threw change. And I do mean spare change. Don't nobody yeah. want to get hit with a dot. Dime when they're doing their best to work that pole. That's uh, I mean, I, I was trying to give her the money that she earned. I mean, don't don't bring your non Vaseline ass in my face. I don't, I don't, it, it, look, it should look scrumptious and delicious. If I'm up in the strip club, it, it should it should sparkle. Honestly, it should be it's glistening. Been, yeah, glisten to it. <laughs> but I'm just saying, back in my day, you know, booties was glistening. You know. So anyway, I think the I think the stripper's name was Rudolph. The last one I saw. <laughs> the shiny eggs. You, oh. you you know, Bishop. I think it's. I had to unlearn as well. I had to ask myself, okay, you know, what again? And these are the questions that I ask because y'all know I've shared before how I've dealt with the exceptional Negroism, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and respectability, and how I felt that was a way, and I had to unlearn and come out of that. And I still have to check a lot of my, uh, you know, like gut instincts and first instincts about things. And I have to, you know, when I really ask myself, when somebody's looking a certain way, how does that hurt me? Then I had to, I had to really be honest about that. I think it hurts me because when they look at you like that, they treat me like this. Your actions are, can actually discredit me, Right. But the re but but I should not then turn around because someone else discredits me based on you. I attack you mm. as opposed to attacking their thought process. That's yeah. abuse and oppression. Yes, I'm I'm participating in abuse and oppression. I'm mad at you because of what they did. Because I don't feel like I really can fight them, so I'm gonna beat your tail. Adrian, let me ask you a question. Have you noticed that it don't matter to certain white people on how you look, on on whether or not they go they gonna treat you worth a damn? 
not I'm not saying yeah, all yeah, white yeah, people. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying all. I'm just saying. No, no. But, so, okay, but you know what? But we ought to be, ought to be able to be beyond disclaimers. I think the hurt by what you said. Uh, they they already are gonna all lives matter everything or whatever so it don't even matter we we're not considering them today that I, is true that is true that is true uh uh, uh wipe out the equation but something Nikki said and that what she read was like really it really hit me it's like how come the woman asked how come these white people are not used to being around black people and, and I think that's the thing like like because you know what that 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 shows to me. It is like a lack of of effort on their part. So so when it comes to us, we're exerting all this effort, right? To to yeah be able to withstand yeah the white gaze. We we have, we yeah. feel like we need to look a certain way. We need to do this. And on the flip side, there has been no effort to understand why black people might wear locks. Or right. the fact that an afro would be our natural state because their hair grows go, grows down, our hair grows up. Oh you yeah, know, like 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 there's no effort, there's no work put in on that end, and I, I think it's just like these kind of, when we talk about these. I know we weren't gonna kind of go here tonight, but well, we're here now. Fuck it. So <laughs> like. <laughs> Like it's the same thing when it comes to these conversations about race. All of this stuff kind of boils down to there's no effort, that, and and in the case of the discussion about race, no desire to to put in the effort. Like like you know the the fight to squash the 1619 project and the and, and yeah. all these different things. Like we don't want to know real history. We don't want to know what happened. We and, and it's horrible. Like if you're black. Like we we been horrible stories. Like I have a friend Man. who like that's all who does research horrible stories about things that happened to black people back in the day, and so and and, and these are all true stories. Yeah. And then there's these things that we're told we can't forget, and some of these things are lies. You know, historians will tell you really like historians who are really on their game, not some weird, uh, you know. Uh, Mango Mussolini lover, but like a real, a real historian will, will tell you that the story of Thanksgiving is a, 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 you know, egregious. Just, just like we're not even trying to tell the truth. We're gonna tell it this way, <laughs> like, yeah. like, and and they've said it in in writings. And I'm not gonna go and write. I'm not gonna be. You know, I'm not even gonna do like when you get that one trolling white dude. Well, I need to show me some research. Show me the evidence. That you, mm-hmm. you got Google just like I do, bitch. So right. it's it's like, but, but so there's there's this that just the whole conversation centers around us putting in all the effort and doing all the work. Right. But there's nothing really on the other end of it. It goes back to what you're saying. It still means that we're gonna be viewed the same way. We're just gonna we're gonna make it more palatable. For them to view us that way, like we're not gonna make it so that they have to stare at like a, you know, you you're not sitting there with an afro or locks, dressed in a dashiki, you know, um, or 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 looking horribly. It's all about your visage. They don't want to see you looking super ethnic 
but it doesn't mean that they just don't want to look that that's all that is they don't want to look at it because maybe it's more intimidating maybe it's more you know afro makes you look taller you know it's whatever locks well no 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 you know what i think it really is what i think it really is is they don't want to look at you like that but they're not yeah they're treatment by those that are going to treat you bad if we're going to all lives matter this thing not by all of them but by a few of them who are going to really plan to just like inflict trauma like you're not changing their opinion you're not changing what they think you're not currently seven states seven states have adopted bills to ban hair discrimination race-based hair Mm. discrimination right now with the crown act is basically still in a place where it's gaining momentum okay uh you Hmm. know so again and and there's uh it's I think California became the first state to enact yeah. the Crown Act two years right. ago. Um, right. And the Dove Company has, you know, got a whole little campaign where they're trying to make it easy for people to advocate. And there are a couple of bills in there. Like, um, so uh, Louisiana was the most recent. They passed the Crown Act um, in the Senate, but the House is expected to vote on it in the coming weeks. So it's mm. not quite legit. You see what I'm saying? It's still got I got to go you. through. Um, so I again I think that when it comes to when it comes to hair, like just think about like hijabs. When you see somebody with a hijab on, if they can change their hijab and it's purple today, it's black tomorrow. You we don't say anything to them. Sure don't. Oh, nice hijab. I love the flowers. You know we don't do it. Well, well, I, I'm not gonna lie. Up here, they gonna look at you a little sideways. Cause, but, but anyway, yeah, that's but that's not. Living. We don't yeah, really no. need to comment on the hijab. We don't. No, we don't need to probe and wonder what nope. their hair is like under there. We nope. we respect that it is cultural, and so yep. we mind our business and we try not to point and stare. That and is correct. It really should be the same way with black folks' hair. And it I don't really disagree with be that. The same same way, and, and I, I just think that we have to treat it as if it's a hijab. We have to treat a lot of things with us as this is house business. This is preference. Do not create national dialogues around. This is what's wrong with black people. Those animals don't know how to act because they're wearing bonnets in public. Nikki, you shared a very interesting article about uh, scarf wearing, uh, I believe, yesterday. And that that really uh, was interesting because I didn't know that. uh, You know what I'm talking about, where the women had to wear scarves. Yes, the Tignons of the Creole women. Yeah, yes. I didn't know about that. So I was like, "Wow, really?" Yeah, let's let's uh. Talk and then about one, of, yeah, yeah one one of your followers says something to the fact where uh, it made them more attractive, or it was stated that it made them more attractive uh, to uh, Caucasian men. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, "What?" So, yeah. I don't, yeah. If you if you got more information on that, that I like to hear it. Um, I don't mean to put you on the spot. That, no, that no, really... this is good. This is great history in Creole Louisiana. It's called a tigon. It's a type of head covering. Basically, it's like wraps. 
And so, um, essentially, what it, it's what they call sumptuary laws. Um, the in Louisiana, the women of African descent were so attractive, and their physical attributes stood out from their white, you know, female counterparts, and even some of the, you <laughs> know, the mixed women. So, and, and African women, black coffee, no sugar, no cream. Yeah, they would oh, adorn yeah. their hair with beads and stuff, and they they came, they seemed exotic, which attracted the attention of you know the white men in Louisiana, and it got to a point where so many of them started keeping uh, mistresses that were French and, and Creole, you know, and so mm. um, white women basically legislated that um to some degree a one drop rule that if you were creole you need to cover up your hair and so uh the governor basically decreed because they couldn't compete yeah if a woman was of african descent slave or free she need to cover their hair and their heads with a knotted headdress and refrain from here's the refrain from excessive attention to dress to maintain the class distinctions because the Creole women was basically too pretty. They looked too good. And so they had to do, they, they had to legislate. You can't look that good. Cover your hair and you can't have excessive attention to dress. Now, what does that sound like now? Excessive attention to dress. Doesn't that sound like tone it down? Don't be stylish. Doesn't that sound like, Oh, those colors are too loud. I mean, I mean, it Ooh. that was uh that was uh in the 1700s. Wow, and it was in Louisiana. So, uh, you we're know, gonna post that on the page because that that's deep. That's yeah. deep. I don't know. Okay, yeah. wow. Goose I mean, bump. Creole women was too pretty. <laughs> they wow. were too pretty and too fine. So we are gonna make sure that we shame these men. And make sure everybody know. We gonna make sure you know that we know that you you know, you know it's a form of a one drop rule. So yeah, that that was uh that was the reality there. Well, I mean, now we can kind of get a little gist of uh why we get this kind of um attention today. It's it's not the same, but it it has some of the same sentiments. Um you know that it's deriving from and it goes back to you know trying to emulate what 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 they're not you know that's just like right now i'm gonna tell y'all right now uh to all my white listeners out there summer's coming up don't know black person want to hear uh that you're about as dark as them when when, when you get your look when you get your little tan don't little piece no, of tan yeah, no. we 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 don't we don't like hearing that. We don't want to hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but, you not know, what you want to say. It that it's amazing that they hate us so much. But that's the first thing that soon as summer comes, soon as it gets to about seventy five, and they think the sun will be out, and they will suffer for that tan. Like they just suffer. Man, I like I like I think I told y'all last week, week before last, whenever about my friend in college uh, before I transferred to Sam, and, and she. Burnt the hell out of herself, like at mm. the lake over the weekend. She came back, and you know it's like she was so burnt up that when you the, the, your first response when you see it's like oh fuck, like you know you just like <laughs> you see her and she's peeling and she's red, 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 
And 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 so I was like, oh shit, I don't even I don't even want to like touch you, hug you or nothing, because I know it hurts. And she's like, oh yeah, I burnt up this weekend. But when all this comes off, like I'm my tan is gonna be so nice. And I'm like, that ain't really mm. what I looked at that one. Like, I'm looking at it like you <laughs> just risk just risk skin cancer and and also like you're going you're going to be in pain for about a week with this amazing sunburn the likes of which i've never seen before um and and the only your response is oh but my tan gonna be so nice it's like no 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 ma'am press ham like this is gonna (laughs) this does not look comfortable you can't even sleep comfortably in your bed but you're excited about, and, and you know, and she she wasn't racist, but it's just amazing. Even the ones who are racist, they want to, you know, I'm gonna say stupid stuff like that. You don't want, you don't want these problems, but you want to be dark. You want big booty. Want thick lips. You want these. You want these lips. You want all these things that you think black people have. You 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 love our aesthetic. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it. Yeah. But. Mm-hmm. At the same time, it's it's like you want to, you you hate us, but you're, mm. you're going to suffer to look like us. You're maybe risking um, terminal illness if somebody doesn't catch your skin cancer in time that you're giving yourself at this moment. Uh, so <laughs> it's just, I mean, that's it's real. Really, it's really wild to me, and it's really weird to me uh, the way they are towards us but it's just like if a black person if we all start wearing something tomorrow if every if lots of black people started pop you know making something popular it would be part of the pop culture yeah if if, you know we um have kind of gone into how asians really you know like if people being real like we're in America and we're in this um, stop Asian hate moment and that's all fine and good. I don't want to see anybody be hated, but we're not really having these discussions about, hmm, there's a little bit of tension between Asian people and black people. And mm-hmm. why does that tension exist? Nobody wants to have that conversation. That's not a, it's not an easy conversation. It's just like our race conversation. Oh, well, not only does that conversation make me uncomfortable, but if it just, if we don't talk about it, it'll just go away. No, it really won't go away. You'll still be right. Really won't. You know, but it it is it's like I was I saw a video today and 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 there was like Asian culture, Asian people. Um, not all Asian people let's do that. Um, but <laughs> a lot of Asian people love <laughs> every aspect of of black culture. Like love it. Like they want to be, they want to rap, they want to dress, they want to do all these things like black people. But there are a ton of them that hate us. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. There, there are a lot of them yes. that hate us. Like street so, hate, like despise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they might still listen to the hip-hop music and be all into it, but there are a lot of them that really just don't want to have anything to do with Black people. Right. So, I mean, it, it will never cease to shock and amaze and appall and all those other um, words that denote, like, just 
team, whatever, towards something. But it's just one of those things you you always cognizant of. It's like you yeah. don't like me, but you really want to be like me. Uh-huh. Well, like, you know, um, I think this is a good segue. It's not quite the same, but you know, I mean, we've talked about that in culture and stuff before. But I know, um, uh, I really would like us to talk about this, you know, toxic elder thing. I think there's an element of that of partially wanting to be like me or maybe, you know, having regrets versus being so oppressed and abused that now it's my turn to do it, you know. Um, And, 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 you know, it's unfortunate because I just really feel like, you know, and y'all saw the exchange of words. Someone literally showed up to complain, epitomizing the toxic elder. It was like, uh, yeah, the things, the low key, the low key shade in the name of Jesus was, was, was the thing. It was like everything was couched in such steep Christianese that it was like, (laughs) oh, you, you know, you are like, it was textbook Christianese. It was like, wow, you can't learn this. Have to go to the hey, 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 y'all, now, now look, y'all can't keep throwing that term out there loosely because there's some folks that don't know what Christianese is. Well, what's Christianese is in the Texas equivalent, bless your heart, but you don't really need really mean bless their heart, you really mean something else. Christianese <laughs> is when you use strong words to. Uh, you know, either cut someone down or to shut them down, and you do you you don't cuss at them, but what you said is so nice, nasty, or mean that it's just it's like <laughs> yeah. dang, you know, you can wound people's spirits. You know, various things I've heard in in Christianese, you know, over the years. I mean, I've heard. I'll pray you for know, you. I'm gonna yeah, pray, I'll pray for you. For you. I remember I'm gonna pray for you means that you have something that needs to be prayed over, and they talk about it in such a way that it's like, well, what if I don't? What if you're the one that needs prayer, but you just don't see it? Like, what's happening then? Yeah, you know, I can I can remember once I went to one loose, I was pregnant, uh, and I went on this trip with this church, and we they were sitting around while the women on the bus were talking about the uh like um a women's meeting and somebody said well one time you know uh our pastor has been talking to the men about sexual integrity and such 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 and such and then this this uh one lady was like well really uh when the men talk to the men ain't nobody supposed to be in there unless they trying to be a busybody that's man's business it was like she just she totally disrespected the point to shut that person down. Her point was, you know, it was it's very difficult to to explain. It's just often something that you have to experience. And um, you know, and the reason I say it's Christianese is because within church culture, now I'm going to speak of church culture, within church culture, and probably a southern culture too. We have a way of pretending that, or well, not pretending. We say we're telling you the truth in love, but it ain't loving. It ain't delivered 
in a loving way. It's just delivered to her. It's just delivered. <laughs> and often it's delivered to intentionally hurt. And some, sometimes it's delivered intentionally to hurt. Sometimes it's unintentional and they don't know no better. So, sometimes they really don't know no better and they think that's right. You know, it's the equivalent of you taking your wife around an older man and him winking and stuff and then him telling you something like, you know, yeah, 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 better act right and watch it. Somebody gonna take it. He didn't give you any wisdom. He really is low key disrespecting you, you know, because mm. um, he really mm. ain't winking at your wife uh, and trying to act like he old. It's almost like he's issuing a challenge to you as if he could, you know, <laughs> but he don't really be, you know, I mean, it, it's, I, I, it's difficult to, it really, it's, it's kind of difficult to explain, but. Um, we you ex- we experience this a lot in a lot of different ways, <laughs> and so yeah, I mean, um, I think when it comes to the elder relationship within the black community, if it's two things that we traditionally have held tight to, one is the right to beat children. That's almost spiritual. Like, you can almost pick a fight with somebody if you say something, if you start talking about corporal punishment, it's almost spiritual spirit arise for the child and the interpretations of it. And then the second one, in my opinion, is this right of older people to say and do what they want to the younger, but they're elders. So we, elders by age, so we allow them the freedom to say what they want, how they want to say it, because technically that's somebody, mama, daddy, or grandma. Mm. And because they're older, you know, they wise, they this, they that. You know, I one of the most problematic things I've seen with older men, it seems like older men often feel that they need to have the right to... uh I guess, raise or mentor or speak into the life of any young man that's around them. But when they do so, they're like ridiculously harsh. Mm -hmm. They are, they claim that they may be, you know, molding him and making him a man, but they're really being cruel as hell. Um, You know, but they feel that that's their inherent responsibility and, and right to do. And so, yeah, I mean, um, I, I just, I don't want to be one of those elders who people are giving me respect and giving me the microphone and giving me space to speak because of my age, but I'm using that, that space to get, you know, and I'm, 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 I'm giving them wounds. I'm being nasty and I'm not being a safe space. Mm-hmm. I'm offending them. I'm turning them off. Um, you know, and and I think in our culture, maybe not just our culture, but for, for sure in our culture, that's an that's an issue. That's an issue. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with that. Uh, the back and forth was uh stunning. Uh, <laughs> Like I say, I, you know, I was kind of amazed I don't at the pleasantries, but it was entertaining. Uh, it the the pleasantries <laughs> was on point, 
And I'm like, boy, Nikki cold blooded, man. Like, <laughs> you know, but then at the same time, you know, I'm like, but but you can't cut my girl Nikki because I'm going to have to come for you then, you know, and I ain't going to get to you first. And then, you know, here, here I come, you know, and, and like she say, she she got all these relatives that'll cut you. So we're going to have problems, man. It's just going to be problems. But uh, no, man, uh, you know, just because you're an elder, I, I think in our in our race, uh, and I can only speak from my experiences, in, in our race, I have found that um, the older we get, you know, once we cross this certain threshold of age, uh, let's just say 55, 60, yeah. we start to kind of feel we've made it yeah. and and uh, we can say what we want to say to you uh, because we're 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 elders and and we can do yeah. and say what we want. Now, uh, that's. True and not true. You can say whatever you want, but we we live in a day and age now where just because you're an older doesn't mean you're respectable. And doesn't mean <laughs> you, you're right either. It, it sure doesn't. And it doesn't mean you're mature. You know, um, I used to think that age uh, brought on maturity. I have seen some folks way older than me that are very immature. And I'm just like, how did you get this old being this way? You know, because logic tells me you would have made it past 40 behaving like this. Uh, but, you know, uh, we we, we kind of want to make our marks. And, you know, we have to be careful with that because you you damage uh, young, young this younger generation being that way. And then once you didn't damage them and they, they don't want to hear nobody else talk to them because they've been scarred and and it takes these children a little longer than I can remember us co coming up to heal from certain things. They, they damaged a lot of us. The The difference is that because I think when you didn't, we didn't have a lot of uh, places to go to find camaraderie or an alternate opinion to validate that abuse. <laughs> you know, you just had to be like, now, okay, I just joined this church. Uh, I'm just giving that example. They're abusive. They are, you know, talking to me crazy in the name of spirituality. But the whole group is doing it. And this is how it is. And I'm just going to isolate myself and I have to figure out how to get over it. You know, yeah. um, and now you now on the Internet, with the invention of the Internet, you're literally a text away from finding hundreds of other people who feel the same way as you. So you don't have to get your strength from who's around you in person. You can get your strength from literally the globe and you can, you can create a, a, a coping community to give you the strength to do things you really didn't, couldn't do before. Yeah. You know, yeah. I dare say that I would even dare say that we're, we're talking about, People being healed, and I had my mic down so y'all can hear me cracking on chips. Yeah, you was we getting. Heard you. Oh yeah, oh my bad. Well, well then. Anyway, um, why you got act like this, Nick? Why? A lot of us aren't healed from it. You know what I'm saying? We like, aren't. I would say there's a whole lot of residual mess that only comes up 
at certain times. Correct. Because maybe we've been able to cover it. But I would say that a lot of people aren't fully healed from it. No, I, I think, yeah, I agree. And I think that's really been part of the issue with, I mean, we think about um, a lot that has happened within the LGBTQ community. A lot of it is because, you know, we, we grew up with where the, in our generation, I think is where tolerance began because it was our classmates and stuff who, you know, were coming out and everything. And, and we were, we learned not to look at people differently, but our parents' generation was straight, re, you know, putting them through hell. Our parents were putting our classmates through hell. Yeah. By, bottom line. And so, you know, it, it, and, and I think our generation was bucking against it. Our generation was trying to, our generation was coming into a place where we were more inclusive. You know, our generation was being more inclusive racially, being more inclusive with uh, orientation and preference. Um, but we were we were fighting against the grain and kicking against the, the bricks to be inclusive. Um, and I think personally, we are reaping benefits of a lot of the mindset of people you know, pretty much pre-millennial zennials. It, it the what a lot of what you see now is reaping the mindset of what we were trying to say when we were teenagers and in college. What we were trying to not have problems with, what we were trying to live through and be cool with. And I think we've done a good job raising our children, most of us with that the the things that we didn't see our parents' generation have. And I think that has impacted things for the better. You know, um, here's a pivot for you because I watched Cruella this this weekend. Have y'all seen it yet? <laughs> Wait a minute. No. <laughs> I'm about to tie it in. Oh, my God. Have y'all seen okay. it yet? No. I haven't I seen it yet. One, you said you have or haven't? Adrian, close your mouth, man, when you chew, man. Did you see it yet, Adrian? I just wanted to say I haven't seen it yet. Then I turned okay. my mic back down. Well, I'm a, I'm not gonna um spoil it, but I just want to say that. Oh, I ain't gonna watch it. <laughs> stories like Cruella and Joker, I believe they're filling in gaps. I believe that it's people in our generation writing these stories, and I'm gonna tell you why. And I feel that they're they're filling in the gap. Stories like the Joker, stories like Cruella, they are humanizing our villains. See, when we were younger, it was just Cruella's bad because she likes the dogs. And no one ever, and, and it was like, like the bad, you know, hate the bad person, love the good person. Nobody ever asked, well, what, why are they bad? And if they are bad, is it, it once we understand their story, are they really bad? Yes. Are they really honestly bad or are they broken? Or are they I mean, just in Joker's case, yes, he shot somebody, not but, out of defense. He shot somebody because he had just been broken, and th and then he turned to the to the darkness. Yeah, and, yeah. But in knowing his story, can you hate him? I mean, I never hated him. Most of us didn't, but the stories were forced down our throat. I think now that we have the pen, we are humanizing. <clears throat> a a lot of I think that's why I I think it's our generation in Hollywood that is telling so many of these stories from our childhood we're retelling them 
we're remaking the things. Not that our our kids weren't into Transformers and stuff. We were. You know, we are retelling our stories now that it's our time and we are filling in the gaps that we didn't have and we're humanizing things. And I'm saying all that to say, I actually think I really actually lost the original point, but I'm saying all that to say, (laughs) I'm saying all that to say that I think our generation is doing a decent job of, of uh, humanizing people and like depolarizing a lot of things and I think that's helping us with things like bullying I think that's helping us with inclusion and acceptance and I think it's helping us navigate these relationships that you know we have uh, with our elders and I think I, I really think that a lot of us are not going to be toxic elders because we gonna be we just asking different questions shoot we asking questions period well, I believe mm-hmm. that we also are are a period of time where we believe in relationship. Like That's it. I remember that was one of the most profound things when I that I heard, you know, when it came to parenting, is like rules without relationship equals rebellion, right? And so like the thing is we we look at our kids, and I'm not saying I do it perfect or anybody does it perfect, but I really believe that our parents definitely um, came from the children that are to be seen but not heard. Yes. And then they started to try to do the work of maybe changing that and really getting to know us as people, especially when I know when I was, by the time I was a teenager, I feel like my, my relationship with my parents had changed a little bit. Like it, they, like we kind of started getting each other. Yeah. And my mom didn't feel bad about telling me when I had feelings or I had said something I did. It wasn't just like, do it because we told you so. It was like, look, what you did was hurtful. And this is why. And, and, and yeah, you know, it was like a real, we had real discussions that kind of shaped the way I, I looked at them. And, you know, because I think it's real easy for, as a child to look at your parents, these people without feelings, especially if you're in that where you just the seen but not heard kid and go outside and play and stay going all day. That's, that's, you know, cause, cause that sometimes your folks still did that. Like you gonna either be in or out. And when you put that kind of <laughs> ultimatum, you like, well, <laughs> well, damn, you know, like, like, uh, maybe I want a little bit of in a little bit of out, a little bit of out, you know, but you don't get that choice. And so I know, that I think when us, not all of us, because <laughs> I still know a bunch of people our age in this time. I think those of us who who have have been able to achieve some level of empathy for people mm-hmm. and what they go through, I think it's because just like y'all say, we're humanizing these characters more, and we're not just looking at not looking at anyone as totally good or totally bad. We're also like looking at it as relationships are important. Your space is important. Like, you know, because before that, everybody was about toughing it, you know, and this is what the world is. And I, I do believe you need a little bit of that in your life, too, because the world mm-hmm. the world isn't going to change completely for you to go out there and right. act your ass in it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but like 
like there is also that level of um you have to understand how what you do affects others and mm -hmm. and i think so just as we've seen there are a bunch of true honest to goodness assholes in this world um i think that's what the pandemic revealed that there are people who their idea of freedom and liberty and i won't say you know what what group they predominantly belong to but um i guess i did but <laughs> like, put like, eat some more chips adrian eat some more no, chips. No, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get some more i'm gonna turn my mic oh, back okay. down a second but <laughs> like like there are still people who don't have that empathy but i think mm -hmm. there are a whole lot of people who do i think we've just as we just like we talked about before, two things can be true. We've seen a lot of people who are who are just terrible people. Right. And prize their ability to go get a haircut and go to the club and go to the bar. And that's that's oppression when they're not allowed to do that. And I don't care if anybody tells me it's about economic insecurity or whatever, it's that's not what a lot of what we've seen is based in. And some people love I'm wondering that's just ignorant. It's like, no, stop. Like, let's not gaslight because the people, what I noticed, what you notice, and here's here's something that people don't often point out, at least I haven't seen it. What you notice is there's a pro profound difference in the people protesting the lockdowns around the country because of employment and the people protesting the lockdowns around the country because they're whiny, selfish-ass bitches. And so the, the people who were protesting is employment usually staged a peaceful protest. They usually, they drove around in Michigan, they drove around, Michigan, perfect example. Those people that were protesting because they lost their jobs or because they weren't making enough money to feed their family due to the lockdowns, they were, they did like a car protest. They stayed in their cars, they honked their horns. And they did it, and they just kept making a circle around the governor's mansion or whatever. Uh -huh. People who were paid to protest and, 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 and who were, um, who were just there to be, uh, evil, basically like just some, some whole ass individuals. Those people, <laughs> those people were jumping in cops face. You see that picture that that dude who's screaming at the cop is a known white supremacist who was flown in to be part of that protest. Yeah. Some people mm -hmm. say by the DeVos family or by those close to Betsy DeVos, who knows? I like to believe that that's the truth. But that dude was a, when they showed who that dude was, he was a known white supremacist. And he, that's why he was there. He was there to protest uh, and, and there to be a face. So when you see people screaming in cops' faces, that's what that is. Right. And so, man. Uh, like, so there are a lot of terrible people. But I think on the other side of that, there are people, lots of people who are, you know, we're getting this vaccination and we don't like I'm tired of hearing people talk about we don't know what's in there. First of all, let's let me one more one more point because we've been going off on black people. So I'm going to go off on those one more time. <laughs> like, like the stupidity of saying that shit is here in here in Dallas. Like when, when they were giving out the shots at Fair Park, I know y'all might not be as familiar with Fair Park and that area around it, but that is a, a very that's the hood. That's a black area, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. And so these these folks were driving from the areas that definitely were not the hood 
well-heeled, moneyed areas to basically like take shots from the black people. People would call them like say, hey, there's shots over in Fair Park. And they were basically coming and jumping in the lines and taking the shots in the area of town where they wouldn't be caught dead in, or if they were caught in, they'd probably be dead. Um, like to to take shots from the, the residents of the area. Mm-hmm. Right? So if there's anything we've learned in our years of being black, is that if you have the white folks running, racing to anywhere to jump in front of you to get the shot, might be something to that, right? Yeah, because well, well, listen to this though. Every every time we, you know, we talk about this this thing that black people don't trust science, but think about all the times and all the the, the main examples that we use where black folks don't trust science. Let me plug this in real quick. All right, that's plug in. <laughs> so, like the times where we don't trust science are times where kept from us not where we got like the uh when when women i'll use the lesser known example first when they were you know the reason we have some whatever gynecological knowledge we have is because they were experimenting on slaves slave women. they were and they were denying them anesthetic and they were denying them anything that could help them either ease pain or feel better or anything like that right Yep. Not because right. they experimented, they used some experimental drug because they, heaven forbid, they end up with some super black people off something they concocted that they thought was just going to be, you know, just going to be like a little medicine. They So don't give them no medicine because first of all, they already believed that black women and black men back in the day, they used to believe we didn't feel pain. Or at least they told themselves that so that they right. could pain upon us. Even though you could, you can watch Roots or any slave movie and see if them whoopings look like they hurt and they were hurting the people, the recipients. And you can see photos from back in the day and say, Oh, I think they felt pain. But, right. and the other main example that we use for, for, um, you, you know, black people don't trust the medical community, which we have a reason not to trust the medical community. That's the we thing. Have we have a reason. reason Doctors we have, but, the the way we're looking at this vaccination thing is weird because the other you know we the main it. other main thing is the Tuskegee experiment and that mm-hmm. was another case in which that which could have helped black people was withheld so even after they were conducting that experiment under the this and it was all pseudoscience but it was under the guise of we need to see the effects of syphilis long term to really understand how to combat it but. Then you bitches got penicillin. Yeah, then those bitches got penicillin and they were giving penicillin to all the all the white men and women who got burnt, but they wouldn't give it to the black people. (laughs) So basically they were just trying to see the they were just letting black people die from syphilis, and there was no reason for it because it was proven that penicillin worked. So if we look at it strictly from that perspective, and that's the perspective I'm gonna look at it from, if you see White folks racing towards <laughs> something. Like more than likely, it's probably good for everybody. Now, if next week a little man grows out of my shoulder or I develop, you know, 15 fingers and 15 toes, hey, chalk it up to you know, I get oops. I, I By miss- all means. Oopsies. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. 
But <laughs> until then, I think I'm on the side of if they're willing to come to the hood and they're not looking to gentrify that area and they're just there strictly to get a shot, I think hmm, there might be something about this shot. You know? So, oh, man. Black folks, I understand why we don't trust the medical community. I understand because the reason America doesn't have universal health care is because back in the day, twice the, the the American Medical Association scared people by saying, you have to be in the same hospital room with those Negroes. And they were like, no, nah, no, nah, we'd rather just pay a whole <laughs> lot for medical care. So Basically. So if people... If I just drop a bug in people's ear, if they're listening to the podcast and they're digging it, check out Montague Cobb, who was a black man, a black doctor, who was leading the charge, one of the leading people, one of the people leading the charge for universal health care. And then look up how the AMA defeated that whole thing twice by by just, hey, I just leave in the same hospital room as a black person. I don't want to get any of that on me. Let me pay this exorbitant to be healed. Or really for somebody to treat the symptoms because we know that yeah. there's no real money in healing. So it's it's like I just want us black people to not we can stay skeptical because I know for sure I'm skeptical of everything. I'm cynical until like, oh, I me too. You need to prove to me that something nefarious is not afoot. But same time, um, we also need to take care of ourselves, and right. and we need to study, and we need not to share any bullshit. Like we share, we I've been noticing black people sharing a ton of bullshit information. We're we're just as bad as QAnon in some respects. From the oh man, yeah, share, and and I don't know where we're getting it from because like we don't have some black dude with alphabet. Um, coming on and telling us, feeding us this bullshit like the people in the trailer parks do. This is just us just coming up like piecemealing BS together. And I, that might be worse because it's just a disjointed, at least Q is a unified um, um, trench of bullshit. But it's like with, with us black people, I've heard so many different weird conspiracy theories and it's like, no, man, that's not that's not remotely true. And we're avoiding, I'm going to stay away from that. I mean, you know, like I said, COVID, what we know about COVID is that it affects a lot of different parts of your body. Some people say it takes 10 years off your life just if you get it, right? We don't know if that's true. We don't know how healthy we can be with or without COVID. We do know that the vaccines decrease your chances of dying from it if and, and it has 90 about 95 percent the vaccines we got mm -hmm. Johnson, Johnson this is you might as well flip a damn coin but the you know <laughs> Pfizer, and Moderna, <laughs> Pfizer and Moderna pretty much have a you know pretty high rate of efficacy as far as protection against getting the virus or getting it in a most severe right. way so right. So, you know, I'm I'm not saying, you know, you, you we believe what we believe, but at a certain point, either we're gonna do the research, like and read real stuff. I mean, and, and, and not just what you see somebody posting on Facebook or something, go do some real research from real reputable sources, or we're gonna, you know, we got enough to lose without doing this stuff to ourselves. 
I'll leave it there. I would agree. Well, that that that's funny how we've brought it to this topic uh, at the end. So we got about ten minutes left. Um, something very interesting happened uh, last weekend and is now a hot topic uh, concerning the French Open. Uh, Naomi Osaka mm-hmm. uh, took some time off, protected her peace. Uh, despite her 50, $55 million uh, uh, woman, uh, Stella woman, Stella athlete, uh, protecting her peace. And I'm going to go ahead and say, you can't put a price on peace. But yet and still, we, we have our people, not not only, you know, the, the powers that be governing the, uh, you know, the, the chambers of, of tennis, uh, but... Uh, our people as well, you know, wow, you know, you make a lot of money. That's the first mistake uh, you can make is putting all of your priority chasing that dollar bill. That is never worth your peace. It is never worth your peace, uh, in my uh, opinion, because you can't get your life back once once you're broken and, and, and can't get back on track. No one else is going to stop pick you up hardly you know and they damn show ain't gonna uh you know help you get back to your 55 million dollar uh pot but she she did what she did she didn't want to speak to the media uh so um she did state that there's some things and some changes that needs to be made but what i did not like is how all of those um tournaments or the the, the grand slam tournaments all uh, piggybacked on each other and said, you know, we're going to find you as well. You know, if you don't, if you don't do this, uh, do this media. Uh, she, back she's and forth. At, at work and she's mewling. Basically. You know? And it, this is, this is why um, I think a lot of black women are riding for her because we see a version of this in the workplace. You know, there is a, um, you're going to do everything we said, do all we said, do for everybody or else. Um, it doesn't matter if you've been doing the work for the supervisor and they were tired and you next in line and you decided to hire, you know, a 26 year old with an MBA and no experience. Um, you going to train them. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that kind of, um, this kind of it's a form of emasculation almost <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know the word other thing to, to say but it's just this form of um, we're gonna punish you if you don't do what we say yeah. basically I'm very proud of her I'm proud of her yeah man. yeah because she took her power back like I think that, that's really if you think about what really gets under people's skin is that you know because basically they're telling her shut up and play and not just shut up so it, it's weird this is weird yeah you know, they don't want you to talk but then they want you to talk to the press so mm-hmm. it, it, it's like it, it is a shut up and play and they feel like by taking away whatever they take away they they've harmed you but in the like like you look at colin kaepernick he'll do a tryout and he probably knew the nfl's little tryout they gave him was fraudulent so he wore the t-shirt he wore and that, that people made a big deal out of and 
He went in there and showed he's probably better than a ton of these dudes getting even backup gigs in the NFL. Yeah. And then I, I love if y'all seen that clip of Venus Williams' response to how you know how she deals with that pressure because it's been shared a lot today. Um, and if not, go check it out. I think I've, I, I think I've seen it vaguely, uh, but she 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 put it so delicately. She, um, you know what? She didn't though. She like it was like a gut punch because the way she said it was, uh, they the, the reporter asked her, "Well, how do you deal with it when you, um, when when you have someone in the press who's whatever, but you know, basically just giving you a hard time?" Or, or she says, "Well," and, and she said this to them, um, "I know that no one in this room can light a candle to me or play tennis as well as I can. I know that," and she was basically told, "I know that no one in this room." can do what I do. So knowing that y'all are all inferior to me, basically, I, I, I choose really me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she said it, basically. She told them, she said no one. She did say it like that. You're right. She said no one in this room can light a candle with me. That's how she said it. And she said, I, I am better than everyone at this room, <laughs> you know, in this room, attendant. And you're all here because of me, basically. She just, she let them have it. And I loved it. Like, as she should have, as she yeah. should have, because, and again, that is, you know, when often black women get their hand forced to tell the truth. And when they tell the truth with no holds barred, then they're sass mouth, they're combative, they're prickly, they're angry, they're all these other things. But often your, your hand is forced. Your hand is forced because you have to pull a checkmate on people to 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 uh to basically you know to, it, it's it's like you know it's like Jesus had to do hold on he who is without sin cast the first stone they was all amped up they didn't stone mm-hmm. the people way through the through the whole town they all got their box of rocks ready to go but then he had to say something to shock them into sobriety. So that they can say, wait, okay, none of us qualify to throw the stone because we all qualify to take his place. So let me go home and be quiet. And and sadly, that's what you have to do with people sometimes. They get so out of control, they actually will begin to mob you in a way. Yeah. And then when they're in that mo- that state, you have to shock them with truth. Yeah. And it's sad because when you shock them with truth, then you the problem. But it's truth. Yeah. She had to do it. She had to do it. They made her. They forced her hand because they they could not respect. They they forced their hand. Well, you know what else forced the hand, Nikki? What's that? Man, them Phoenix Suns, man. <laughs> well, Thank you for listening to the <laughs> podcast. Um, I'm Adrian Neely along with my fellow host, Nikki Brooks, and this this uh, whole ass dude. Um, oh, man. Recording with us. Um, I ain't got a name. <laughs> no. Um, this had. They said he had. <laughs> Ford Woods so, and Stephen had Adrian. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just had. That's his name for now. Really, I <laughs> think that's <laughs> called the full name. I just don't. <laughs> no, no, no. We're not going to do that. We're doing good. Hey, for real, man. Come on, man. That 30 piece, dog. My Lord. I mean, what what's going on, Adrian? I, I'm listening. I'm, well, I'm here I mean, to learn. AD is hurt. I mean, and and it's it's like we should should be better because I, I'm trying to figure it out. Like Andre Drummond was a good center. Schroeder, man, Schroeder. Schroeder should be playing. I, I don't get it. He's a good point guard. Like I don't know if it's just. Adrian, you and I, I, like, I put up. I we put up about. Like, we put up the same way. amount of points right now, right now on this podcast. We put up the same amount of points as Schroeder did. Yeah, and I don't get it. I don't understand. Um, <laughs> I think part of it is a point guard and a big point guards and big men. To me, Anthony Davis is the first big man that I've watched have a chance playing with LeBron. Because I always thought LeBron was terrible for big men. Um, but but point guard since LeBron likes to be the main ball handler so much, <laughs> it makes it real hard for them to get in that rhythm. That I would have liked to believe that, like Schroeder could have done something, and maybe the coach could have figured out something. I don't get. Why? Like, cause it's not like Anthony Davis was like a very important piece, but he's mm. not the only piece, and I just mm. don't understand why. And I don't like LeBron walking off court. I say that I'm tired of that. that I've seen him do it before with other teams, and I think it's just as as you know. As a just a, a teammate, like Man. not even for the fans, like just your the other teammates can't just well, I'm gonna walk off the court because y'all not and and you can't. Yeah, they definitely the other teammates definitely can't do that. Uh, Man, torn because part of me is kind of like, well, he you know he tired, you know, let him do what he want to do. But I feel like he does that all the time, and he's. He is. He didn't just like take the. He didn't just put the team on his shoulders either. It's not like like he can't act like he was the only one working. It's just a all around lemon. It was a terrible night. Yeah, it was. Man, well, this <laughs> well, 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 let me ask this, man, because we we about to sign off just real quick. Is, are y'all gonna win this next game? Honestly, I don't. I mean, I think maybe. Maybe there'll be enough pride left to win that game, and and then I don't know after that, like one game at a time. Because I promise you, I'm not gonna tag you if y'all if y'all ride out like that. I kept but I do posting something that made sober yet defeated all at the same time. I I I kept trying to post something. I I figured you had had it set up where I couldn't post it or something. No, 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 no. I don't I don't block people, man. I don't now. You because I want. sure was uh gonna post uh <laughs> something. I posted something like several times and it would not show up on your page. And I was like, why won't this? Show that was up? the Holy Spirit trying to guide you. <laughs> no, the Holy Spirit wasn't trying to guide me. <laughs> uh, I, 
I posted a picture. He thought about one it, Nikki. He thought about it. <laughs> I posted a picture one time that made Jimmy Love so mad. Oh. Uh, as a matter of fact, you know the Laker picture he always shares? Yeah, 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 yeah. I made that. I know you did. I made that. And he and it was because he reneged on a bet. So <laughs> talking about he couldn't find a, a Kobe jersey anywhere. Like, come on, bro. Um <laughs> so he's just but but I made a t shirt, I made a, a, a I photoshopped him into a Splash Brothers t shirt. And if oh yeah seen, that dude got so upset. Like for somebody who spreads hate. The try to hate all the like he does. That dude was so upset, like, like baby upset. And I'm glad I have the platform to call him out on it. Oh, <laughs> well, Nikki, you have any last words on this fabulous one year anniversary uh, podcast? It's been it's been great. It's been real. I think you know we definitely um it's been a lot more than you know uh what I initially anticipated and we need to keep it going. I love our dialogues. It's a uh, part therapy, part entertainment, part bullshit. So yeah. I mean, man, first of all, I learned so much from y'all and you know, the, uh, here's the deal. Adrian here, he he going to always just be raw and just, you know, diabolical. So I think we got a good mix. You know, you know, we're looking for a few sponsors out there. So if you're listening, uh, give us a holler. You know, uh, you can reach me. You know, there's many ways you can reach me. You can reach me through the Anchor Podcast. And let's get this thing set up because uh, I'm telling you, uh, this has been a wonderful journey. I, I believe, Adrian. What What are your thoughts? Last thoughts yeah, there? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel the same way, and it, it has been a little bit more than therapy. I've learned a lot from both of y'all, and and you know, hopefully, you know, people get something out of it, and it can be therapeutic and informational for those listening. Yeah, I hope and so. Then, and, and there and we still, have it. Go I ahead. still do it scared. I still be like, oh lord, it was. Oh yeah, me too. I'm getting fired. I got to mute my mic every time I nervous fart. <laughs> Y'all have done so wonderful. I have not. Uh, so, you know, uh, last 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 week, y'all got that work, man. I had to edit all that out. I was preaching too hard. Yeah, yeah, you know. You had to edit it was... out last week. Yeah, right, man. I put it, I Dude, put you it might my daddy. Wanna, you might want to cut out a little argument. I think no. You, you, no, you that might want to trim it a little bit. Just a tag. Why? Why? That was I good. Think we got to where we probably couldn't even hear each other. Because we oh, both that, pretty loud. That's perfect. That well, that was perfect. That was perfect. You know, because honestly, that shows that we are family. And, and we don't always see eye to eye on everything. Black I people it are was not very entertaining. I did too. Black people ain't monolithic, you know, yes. so we so you know it, it, it's good, but but hey, I did learn uh, from what you stated because a lot of what you stated was accurate. But what you I mean, learned you know, today, here's the, here's I hope you learned I don't really that I don't like. Go ahead. I don't think there was anything wrong with it. I'm gonna tell you what the real issue is. There was a part of me that was like, "Oh my god, that was too." What if someone listens to that from work, and they're like, "Nikki, you kept saying ass." 
You know, like I'm telling you, these, these things, respectability plagues me a lot around work. I've, every week when we do our pro, our podcast, and and that's the good thing about it. I after it's done, I'll struggle and be like, oh shit, did you say something that's gonna make? <laughs> did you say something that people gonna shoot off emails about? to a client did you and so again it's part of me i think all of that is like a that's all you know like even just now for me to recognize that i had to interrupt that that process to get the truth okay wait a minute it ain't that this is really what it is this is why you said that you know yeah so that's just part of what i be dealing with every week i mean you just i mean all y'all found out was this don't like ashy asses you know (laughs) Well, it ain't JJ fan, so I ain't bumping it. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, (laughs) anyway, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. So hey, each one reach one to teach one. We thank you all for listening. Thank you for your energies, and uh, we're gonna keep continue this thing. We're gonna get better and better and better. Uh, We're gonna try to at some point um, get get the cameras on. Uh, but uh, we'll we'll discuss that off offline eventually and, and get that to happen. We got to make that happen within this next year, at least once. I know we can do it. So yeah, uh, next goal. I agree. You know, you know when when Nikki hits the beauty shop, you know because that's <laughs> it. When I get that James, she, she, she oh, she can put that bonnet on. It won't bother us. You know, we James good. Evans tamed up. Oh man, that James Evans was hilarious. Anyway. Hey, we thank y'all so much, and and I really appreciate uh, my crew. I think we got the best uh, podcast crew out there. We just we undiscovered, and we still we still under the table, and that's okay, you know. But I that's know right. if we we keep pressing, we coming, we coming. All right, peace. Thank you for listening to the TSFP, the Strange Fruit Podcast. Please like, subscribe, and share. The podcast with others. You know our motto, each one reach one to teach one. Also, do us a solid. Sound off on our Facebook and Twitter page, The Strange Fruit Podcast.